0: Welcome to the Tech Cat Show with host Lori H. Schwartz. Each week we hear from established leaders in the technology and consumer industry. Finding out the scoop should never be this much fun. Now here is your host, Lori H. Schwartz. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the show. We are broadcasting on StreamYard, YouTube, Facebook, and all across Voice America's platforms. In fact, our colleagues of Voice America are here to uh, support us in some little fun voice things for a little bit. But we have a great guest today, uh, especially when it comes to talking about voice, and that is Pete Erickson, ladies and gentlemen. Let's have a big Tech Cat welcome for Pete Erickson. Woo! <laughs> All right, right, now we're going to say goodbye to Voice America for a little bit. Goodbye, Voice America. (laughs) So Pete is the founder of Motive, which is an event company and an experience company. We're going to hear all about that. And also Pete is the founder of Voice, which is a great conference all about voice technology. And um, it's really such an exciting area in tech and AI. Um, and uh, I think there's so much to explore just there. But, of course, near and dear to my heart is events. Since my company, StoryTex, that, that's what I do is create events, so I can't wait to dig into all of this. So, Pete, tell us all about you and MoDev, and then we'll, we'll, get, we'll focus on the voice conference.
1: Well, hi there, Laurie, and I have to thank you for that introduction. I have to say that's a that's a that's a new <laughs> one for me. The applause uh, and uh, it was uh, it was it was great. So thank you for uh, bringing a smile to my face this afternoon. Um, it is great to be here, and and uh, as you said, I'm the founder and CEO of Modev. Modev is uh we're technology community builders is really what we are, and uh, Modev stands for mobile development. We got our start eleven years ago when the app stores first came into being, and uh, developers were you know, heading quickly into those app stores to deliver all kinds of applications, and oh, I love that there needed to be a community for those developers and for this new expertise and this new area of expertise. So, uh, I saw a need and just started bringing people together. Um, and uh, for a couple of years, it was just a free and open community, and and then I, I had a lot of folks want me to develop a conference, and so I did. Um, so I started organizing conferences uh, about 10 years ago and haven't looked back and um, you know today modev we organize events around the world uh, and we've gone into some other categories so you know as you mentioned we're the we're the uh, organizers of voice and voice summit which is the largest voice tech conference in the world and uh, we got our start in that when the, when the Alexa first came out and we really saw a need to to bring that community together. And, uh, and it's, been, it's been a really, really great ride thus far.
0: It's such a, an a interesting time for live events. Let's just get right out there and say it, okay? <laughs> um, you know, in, in March, I had about five or six major events cancel that, that I was conscripted to do some experiences with. Um, and it has been a hustle since then to take a lot of those clients and move them in this virtual direction. Um, and to figure out, like, what is that model? Um, you know, how do we serve the community? How do we connect the community? And um, how do we preserve the brand? Um, you know, big event brands, especially in the tech space, um, I think we're all worried, are they going to survive this year? The smaller right. association shows I'm not as worried about because they can. Sur- it's easier for them to pivot and serve their community. Right. But these bigger events, which we're already kind of struggling, you know, I, I'm wondering, so I'd love to hear from your event brain, you know, what do you think is going to is gonna happen? And you're absolutely right about the community piece, and we'll, we'll dig into that a little bit more. But t- tell me what you think, you know, what's the answer here? What's happening out there?
1: Yeah, it, it is obviously uh, the pandemic has, uh, you know, disrupted the live events business um, about as bad as any business can be disrupted. Ugh. Um. And, uh, you know, so what we've had to do is, you know, we had uh, three live events planned for this year, uh, culminating with our largest event, Voice uh, Summit, this fall, which is going to be up to 10,000 people. So we're not a mega conference, but, you know, we're a decent size event. Yeah. So obviously a, a, a big change to our business and a big hit to our business. Um, however, we – and we – we had started the year off at CES. We organized Voice at CES, which was um, a partner event that we put on um, on site at CES and it went really well and little did we know that was our last live event of the year, and that was January right. that was January 9th. Um, right. So we were supposed to go do similar type of activations at Mobile World Congress, South by Southwest Can Digital. And we had a whole series of of shoulder events planned leading up to our our own flagship events. And um, but the dominoes started to fall. You know, the first was Mobile World Congress. And then uh, we shifted all our focus over to South by Southwest and that domino fell. And then we went then we by that time we knew like, oh, OK, I think this is actually going to be the way the rest of the year is going to go. So we quickly started to rethink uh, community engagement I think we we I went back to just being a community builder and I said you know what we have to bring the community together maybe in new and interesting ways and fortunately for us we have some great partners that are um, able to move fairly quickly one of those is the the team at Google assistant and we put together a talk show so oh how great in, instead of going to uh, mobile world Congress South by Southwest can digital web Summit Um, We put together and, you know, we had plans to go have conversations with people and organize some programming and do some do some activations. However, so we put together a talk show called Voice Talks, and um, it's a you know, it's a 70 to 90 minute monthly talk show uh, that really has the conversation with the global community that we wanted to have anywhere. We were featuring partners and doing things and then delivering that on a regular basis. And I have to say, like we had the idea on March 3rd. We had our first episode on April 26th, and we were so lucky. We were lucky that we had a partner that was willing to go, go, go on this journey with us and, and experiment with it. Um, but also, the market was hungry. People were locked down all around the world, and they were looking to stay connected with one another. And this was not a. This is not a virtual conference. So we're going to get into that a little bit. I do want to talk about the virtual conferences and what we've learned yeah. and seen. have But but this talk show idea just was the right place, right time. Uh, we have our fourth episode coming up, uh, J- July thirtieth, and we have uh, very close to forty thousand subscribers to that talk wow. show. Wow! You did and- that quick. In four months. Yeah. So that was very quick. And it was, um, again, it's an experiment, right? And I think the thing I want to encourage people to do is to experiment with a lot of different things. Um, We're in a period driven by necessity. We're in a period of hyper-innovation. And the opportunity, everyone's going to give you a pass for experimenting right now. So just do it. Um, so that's that's one thing that we've, we've done since uh, everything sort of canceled. And um, now we're expanding that. That um, we're going to do a India version of that talk show, and we actually have other countries that are wow. we are getting <laughs> prepared to go into as well. So it will be a, you know it will be a show that uh, is syndicated across a number of different geographies, and uh, we're going to you know maintain the monthly thing. So that's a new growth business for us, and um, you know like I said, we we're very very grateful for it.
0: And when you um, when you were going to launch the show, uh, first of all, you have great partners in Google, obviously. Um, when you were going to launch the show, how did you decide what platform you were going to use? I mean, everybody's doing podcasts now. I've been doing this for four years. I love it because to me, it's graduate school and I get to talk to great people like you and m- meet all sorts of people and feed into the rest of my business. But for you, how did you decide you know, what was going to be the platform that you were going to use, you know, and there's so many choices now. And obviously you have Google and you're a big events person. So how did you make those decisions
1: for this? For this, we keep it pretty simple. We, um, we built a landing page. um, And, you know, the nice thing too, is this is our brand. This is under our brand. It's sponsored by Google. So this is, it's actually a a landing page off of the the voice summit event. Um, You can find it at voicetalks.ai actually, uh, so, And we build everything on HubSpot, um, and the reason we do that is HubSpot gives us a lot of really good uh, capabilities and analytics and all that stuff. So um, uh, HubSpot is our CMS platform, and it's our CRM platform.
0: Yeah, it's both, isn't it? Yeah, and I, yeah. I haven't heard of people using both, but you're using both.
1: Yeah, we use it as a uh, – and then and – then, so there's a landing page, and there's a, there's a window, and then we, we push the, the live stream out to YouTube Live. And okay. so that's okay. that's going out to our our uh, our MODEV uh, YouTube account, but the on the homepage of the of the event, um, it's just a window where you can watch the stream there, and there's a chat window. So we have engagement there that's happening on our site, and um, you know I think that you can also just go straight to our YouTube page and watch the live feed uh, as well. Um, so I think that that's a consideration for a lot of folks. You know we have a landing page because we like to have more interaction there and engagement and um, uh, it gives us some, you know, some ability to do that there. So ours is a simple landing page uh, with engagement. Now for our other conference that we organized in, in uh, we've organized two uh, full virtual conferences this spring as well. We did one for um, another conference we organized called Spinnaker, which is a open source project that was started by Netflix. So we did Mm -hmm. that in partnership with Netflix and a bunch of other folks. Um, and, uh, and then we organized something called voice global, which was always intended to be a virtual conference. We started planning it a year ago. Uh, and then we just happened, you know, the pandemic happened and we were yeah. very fortunate that, you know, we're planning a live stream event. We built, um, those two events on a platform called swap card swap card is, um, there are a bunch of, uh, virtual conference platforms out there. We chose swap card for those, um, but then also YouTube. So um, within Swapcard, everything's going through our YouTube channel and, and uh, is available live stream or on demand. There's a couple different ways to deliver there. So those are some of the technologies that we've used um, thus far.
0: Smart. Um, I've never heard of Swapcard, so I'll have to check it out. I mean, it does seem like in the last few months, all of these – virtual conference uh, platforms have just emerged out of the ether. And the truth is they were always kind of sitting there and it's almost as if they were waiting for a pandemic, Yeah. Um, you know, um, or or waiting for our behavior to drive usage. Um, But was, was SWOT card something you were going to use regardless of the pandemic? Like it was something you already engaged with?
1: Yeah. What's interesting is we hadn't engaged with them prior to, to the pandemic. However, the reason why we chose them is they are a virtual platform, but they're also really intended to be a layer on top of a live event. So we uh, okay. thought yeah. as live event organizers, we would like that and we would like to see how it works so that when we do get back to live events, which, you know, I'll just drop some news here. I don't think live events are coming back next year um, or most of them aren't. I hate to burst anybody's bubble. We're not planning to do a live event again until 2022.
0: Right, um, right. I think we're all but, realizing that right now, like this yeah. week, with with uh, Newsom at least in Los Angeles making the announcements that he did and seeing the numbers. Right. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah. It's a and I, you know, it's a te- it's a terrible subject. I hate to hate to say it. Yeah. But, but we we thought, well, this is nice. It's a hybrid solution. So let's look and see how it works. Um, and then when we do go back to live, you know, then we, you know, we we've experimented, explored with some various technologies. Uh, that can layer on to our live events when they, you know, when they come back. So, so that's why we chose them. Uh, but I know that you know uh, we've used Whova uh, as a as an app platform. We've used Bizabo, and I know that all the app manufacturers for events out there are are touting their abilities to incorporate you know streaming content into their apps. And so I know a lot of folks are getting into the game out of out of sheer necessity. Um, and yeah, it's a it's a high growth market, and there's been a bunch of uh, Funding that's happened this spring uh, with uh, some in alive, that space. Yeah, in that space. And of course, look at the look at the market cap of Zoom. Um, there's, you know.
0: Right. Do you think, though, that what I've seen the most right now is these virtual platforms that try and create a lobby and, you know, pretend that you're in a lobby and that's their sort of modality for navigating and all of that. And then you yeah. you get pushed into a room and maybe there's a screen. So it feels like you're in a screening room and all yeah. of these things. Is that really the direction to go in? Should we be, you know, just acknowledging that we're not physically in person, but we want to still connect? That's the whole point of these things. Like, what's the answer in virtual, do you think? I think
1: everybody has different tastes. My I tend to not... Go that direction i just feel like you know what people really want is they want really good content and they want some engagement and they want some community building and um so you know we watched um, you know we watched apple with schemorphic design move away tip from that to flat design and i think that i think the the 3d interaction and stuff has a time in place like if you're going to do a feature event that's short um, maybe it's an hour, two hours long. You can get away with maybe having some really cool uh, 3D design elements. Um, yes. You know, Snap did a did a keynote event in June that was really, really well produced. It had really cool 3D elements. Um, so I thought, you know, it has its time and place. But I don't think like going into a virtual event environment and um, looking at virtual booths and stuff like that is is a replacement for eventually getting back to in-person events i think yeah um, but again i think it's everybody's taste right that's just not kind of where i'm at right now as a as an organizer i think what i want to focus on is creating value for the community and a lot of that value for the community is in the in the content that we can produce together and, and community driven content is important. Part of voice talks is community driven content. We have people submit videos about what they're working on. We select a few for each episode. They get sent a device, you know, there's, and that's that community involvement, I think is really important. And so when you're doing that to then take that community component, try to put it into some kind of 3d, you know, environment is, a, is really hard. I think people just want to, they want to connect with each other. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that's my t- that's my take there. But i don't want to I don't want to poo poo. There's some I've been a part of some some uh, some virtual events that use those kind of like that three D design. Yeah, um, yeah. And that you know I think there's a time and place for it. Uh, visually, it's it's can be appealing. Um, but I think at the end of the day, what are we trying to do?
0: Right, I think that's a great point. And um, you know, I've been counseling a lot of uh, clients to definitely focus on the networking and the connecting, mm-hmm. which is the the best part about what I think will come out of this next year and a half is connecting is using the data, the CRM, whatever you want to call it to connect people that should be talking to each other. And then the key will be when we come back, how can we take that layer and map it to in person? You know, we tried to do that for so long with like beaconing, you know, and uh, um, near field communication. Maybe you're, you're, your badge would buzz if you walked by somebody that had similar needs, you know, like w- what will be, do you think the ultimate in taking this digital layer and applying it back to live, you know, and 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 hopefully it won't be that horrible demographic information that the big shows ask of you, because that's not relevant really to, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. that, that list of questions you have to answer, that's actually People not don't... why...
1: Uh, you know, no one's ever mentioned, but like I make our registrations pretty simple. I don't yeah. gather, I don't gather nearly. I mean, not even close to that much data. I think that, um, but I think kind of getting to the, you know, what's important, right? Um, it, depending on who your uh, guest is, they have different things that are important to them. the 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 individuals that are there, a lot of times, they're just looking for really good knowledge. They want they want really good information that's going to help them advance their career. Um, if it's a if it's a you know a sponsor or a business, they're looking to connect with other people. They're looking to connect with potential leads, right? Um, so just keeping that in mind and making sure that we, that's what we're focused on is the result um, at the end of the day. Did we? Because that's what you're going to be measured on. You're not going to be measured on the visual uh, appeal of the design of the virtual environment. You're going to be measured on the data, of the results at the end of the day. So that's what that's where we're focused is how do we get that result? And, you know, keep in mind, like we, we realize, like, wait a minute, now that our events aren't live, we are not constrained by time or space. And time is a key one. Mm-hmm. So what we've learned, we've learned a lot. And we think that, you know, we're going to look at um, 2021, our events are going to be vastly different than they are because we've already committed to 100% virtual uh, year, mm-hmm. um, for 20, for 2021.
0: 2021,
1: yeah, we've already, we already know we're going to be hundred percent virtual. We're going to uh, still continue our voice talk series. We're going to grow those into other countries, but with our events, um, just, you know, without giving away too much because we're not having made announcements, but just think that we uh, think about time differently and content and community and ensuring that we can serve the community well and help them achieve their goals. And I think in a virtual world and in a virtual event, it's a much harder to to be successful at that for all of your all of your uh, personas, all the, all the guests that you have that are coming in. So whether it's, um, like I said, somebody who's entering a market that wants to learn, somebody that is uh, has an agency and needs to meet brands, somebody that is an investor and needs to meet startups, to make all that stuff happen over three or four days, In a virtual environment is really, really challenging. So I'm tipping my, um, uh, uh, you know, I'm giving a little hint in terms like how we are going to think about events in 2021. But I would really encourage people to think about time and space differently than you have traditionally.
0: Yeah, we're, um, I'm working on an event uh, called the Infinity Festival, which is storytelling enabled by technology. And we've had a great couple of years of live events. And what we decided um, is that we are not going to do a full-on two- or three-day online event, but we're going to share that content over the course of a block of time.
1: Yes. Because
0: none of us have the time anymore to donate and dedicate a whole day. Right you know it's just different cuz when you leave and go to an event you've left your house your office and you can do that and it it makes sense but when we're home still connected it's really hard yep. to shut off everything it's just impossible
1: you know totally. so it, is
0: that I, kind of what you meant by yeah. stretching yes, out the that, time yeah i think
1: that i think that the you know, the the people that are attending have a totally different world they're living in. The reality of being at home a lot of times with kids that are in school, and you know, our schools were going to try to go back, but now they're not. Yeah, uh, which is true for a lot of people. And so now the fall conference season changes because you've got parents that are you know very very busy. Um, also, just just generally, the the reality of the pandemic is we're all working a lot a lot harder. Uh, oh my we're working, God. <laughs> we're working a lot more hours <laughs> yeah. to try to make happen all the things that we're trying to make happen. So, you know, time is yeah. precious. We don't want to take away um, six hours of somebody's day, you know, but, but you can see if it's the right content and it's for them, or there's a community opportunity that really is strategic for them and of interest, they're going to come and tune in um, at the right time and so we just have to present those opportunities in kind of new and interesting creative ways and and help serve the community and i, I kind of like yeah I'd say that again is like how do we best serve the community how can we be of service to them and when we were doing live events for us the way we could serve the community was how could we how do we build a um you know, critical mass of people from around the world, and bring them all together, and create that excitement. So yeah. And everybody around. That was live events. That's what you did. Well, that doesn't work in the virtual right. world. You right. You don't. You don't. You don't want to because that's not. That's not serving them. So I think that that's something that we've learned already this year, and um, and there are some great examples. I think what you're doing with Infinity is is spot on. Um, I would go look at the virtual design festival and what they've been able to do. Uh, and they, they spread their content out over uh, I think almost three months. Um I mean, and you know, so new content coming out every day and uh, you know, interesting conversations, Right.
0: And, it, and in bits and pieces that you can decide what platform you want to watch it on. And that, kind of, right. so if it, so it, it fits into, it fits into our flow. Right. Right. Cause, right. Cause, right. Yeah. Cause I was We're just in telling a different them, flow like, we're in such a different flow. I mean, yes. Gratefully, I had a camp to send my daughter to for a couple hours, mm-hmm. you know, over the last few weeks. But the school news is uh, a different story. That's <laughs> a different so,
1: story. My yeah. kids they are in film camp. They've been in film camp all week, yeah. but it's all virtual, right? And so yeah. today, I was helping them set up their tripods and uh, get everything going for oh. them. And, and it just—it was great to have them, though, on that. On that virtual camp for a few hours a day, we could we could talk.
0: About yeah, that. you get a you get a little needed break for focus. You know, yes. Um, yes. I was just telling someone like I do miss my three or four days a month of being somewhere else where oh, yeah. I could down. You know, I could just be human and be around people. But because we're not going to be doing that now, I still need adult time working and not being focused on a little one, just to to. You know, give my full self to my work, and it, it is a challenging time for that. Now, let, let's switch gears because you are sitting on top of such um, a great topic and a technology and some trends, and I would love to hear all that you want to share about your voice conference and some of the trends happening in that space because I remember just going on to Amazon one day, which I spend way too much time on, and and, and just ordering – yeah, and ordering an Alexa before any of us knew what it was. Mm-hmm. I just saw this thing because I'm always just ordering stuff that's tech-oriented just to look at it. And I just ordered it. I had no idea what it was. None of us did. And now I have them throughout the house, you know. And I do have some Google Google Voice as well, Google Home solutions. Uh, I have a lot of different brands because I'm playing with it all. Mm-hmm. But I would love to hear just – what do you see as the top trends in this space or, or maybe give us a picture of the ecosystem?
1: Yeah, no, it's a great question. It's been fun to watch that ecosystem grow over the last few years. You know, I think that, um, you know, so kind of at a, at a global view, uh, there are obviously two major competitors with in-home devices that, that are, that are prevalent in, in uh, the Western countries and that's Google and Amazon. Uh, But then, you know, in, in, You know, you've got other huge competitors that we're not even aware of in the U.S., uh, uh, Baidu, and um, I know that uh, Alibaba has one as well. But, uh, you know, there are other really widely distributed voice assistants. The point being is that assistants in our homes are gaining gaining ubiquity. Um, And I don't know the latest figures in the U.S., but I think it's about – you know, I think it's approaching 100 million homes, roughly. In the oh, my US, God. Have, have yeah. it. So it's it's a massive number. But the point is that voice interface and voice interactivity is ubiquitous now. Now it's an expectation in our cars. And a lot of folks are using voice interfaces now on their phones. So texting via voice or doing other, other things via voice, um, we have a voice remote on our TV. And, um, you know, we certainly know that, like, just... I'm going to date myself but I feel like I still want to push the buttons but my kids oh. were 8 8 and 9 they just they they look at me like what are you doing like just
0: Right right I'm like where's the remote right Right right
1: <laughs> Yeah So um so what's happening then is because of this ubiquity it's sort of driving a it's driving a transformation of of many spaces so um the the B2B space is is really really strong for voice um so that is you know technology companies that are building platforms that are voice centric platforms that are outside of amazon and google of course amazon and google have a huge b2b business as well they're doing partnership deals with every brand out there but those brands as well have their own um, desires with regards to engagement and interface with their customers and a lot of times that means they have to build custom experiences that maybe are outside of the um, Amazon or the Google ecosystem. So custom voice experiences probably are the most widely known inside cars. So any, automo- any automobile you have that's using voice uh, capabilities is probably using uh, one of a few different platforms that are in there. So there's there are platforms that are growing quickly in that space, um, in the automotive space, but also across the enterprise. There are a bunch of platforms now that are you know um, that are cloud-based that organizations can subscribe to and and build on and you know tap into SDKs and APIs and build all kinds of capabilities. So I'm watching the B2B ecosystem grow really quickly. I'm watching the uh, B2C ecosystem grow as well. So that's the ecosystem yeah. for end-user you know voice applications. And most prevalent there is probably like a lot of the media companies are building voice capabilities. Um, to to engage. So whether it's, you know, travel channel or um, Nat, Nat Geo or NPR or, you know, any of these, you know, big media companies, a lot of them are building voice experiences. Um, but I think, you know, one of the most important things is it's early. I mean, this space it's so is so yeah. getting going, you know, and having watched mobile uh, grow up and, 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 you know, if you look at what happened in mobile, you say that the, you know, the, the app stores really started going in 2009 um and uh, so it took about it took about 10 years for it to get really, really good. Now your expectation on a mobile application is is pretty high with regards to what that user experience is, yeah. the capabilities, all that stuff. We have a we have a set of expectations. So that took about 10 years. With voice, uh, the market is about really it's about three years old, just in terms of like how long um Alexa skills and stuff, you know, consumer-based Alexa skills have really been here. I mean, it it was released in 2015. Uh, The skills uh, uh, store for SDKs for developers to build their own skills started in late 2016, early 2017. So it it hasn't been around that long. Um, And there is a really cool growth path that's going to happen. And, you know, the pandemic as well has really driven... Uh, probably added to the urgency around voice technology and voice interface for a number of reasons. I mean, touchless mm-hmm. is probably the most easy one. Right, um, right. The, the but there hygiene is no aspects. More. Yeah, yeah, hygiene aspects, especially like in hospitals, right? So instead of a patient sitting there, you know, trying to punch buttons on something, uh, you know, they can they can just talk.
0: Is there a lot of um, synergy or tie-ins with haptic technology and voice right now? Or are those two worlds sort of colliding, or are they separate paths?
1: You know, it's an interesting question. I hadn't really considered that. Um, I mean, haptics is, is really interesting. I was, uh, I was thinking about that uh, driving the other night, because the car that I drive has some haptic capabilities in the wheel. Uh, so, yeah. like the Oh, That's cool. What are you driving? I have the Tesla Model 3. Okay. Okay. And that and that car. By the way, they finally introduced um, pretty decent voice capabilities. It didn't have voice for uh, the first year I had it, mm. um, so now it has voice. But it's got haptics, so I can really feel like it's giving me information through the wheel, um, which is really interesting. Um, but I hadn't really I hadn't really thought about voice. But it seems to me that it would it would it would have a potentially have a, a pretty interesting um, relationship. But I think it would. Um, I think it just depends on on the the use case.
0: Yeah, I um, I just was thinking about that that in terms of um, what's happening with hygiene too. You know, in that you can if you can just wave over things and not touch them too. Right. You know that. And my my, um, my Oculus Quest, which I use every day because I exercise. I do this thing called um, uh, oh my god, it's totally sk- supernatural, supernatural, wow. and it has a fitness trainer so in cool. it. Um, and it's a mixture of Beat Saber where you're swinging at things, but mm-hmm. you're also um, trying to avoid triangles, so you're doing a lot of squatting. Yep. And I, I sweat like you wouldn't believe, but the, the big thing <laughs> is they just introduced um, control um VR inside the Quest. It's not in all the apps yet, but now right. you can just do this. And then they just introduced voice. Mm. So I actually just said in my headset, you know, open up supernatural today and it did oh, it. Wow. And I was like, Oh, thank God. Because having to type with right. pointing the controller to letters that yeah. feels so like 1990s to me. Yeah. No, no, no. That's like, yeah, that's, you know, that's not, uh, yeah, that, that,
1: that's not going to fly. But no, I think uh, now that I'm hearing you talk about like some of these, use- yeah, I think haptics, it's look, it's, it's, it's about the interface and um, hap- you know, multimodal, uh, haptics, voice, chat, touch. It's all sort of like, it's, it's kind of like all one interface, if you will.
0: So are you building out a new track, say content track inside of your conference that's focused on hygiene or healthcare, or is that always a big topic or are you now doubling down on, you know, response to the pandemic? Is that going to be a category?
1: Yeah, healthcare has always been a big category for us. Um, it's uh, it's definitely an early adopter for voice. There are so many opportunities. The first hospitals that put health, um, voice technologies in, I think, uh, some pretty well documented ones. Um, uh, Boston Children's um, and uh, uh, Harvard Medical Center uh, put in uh, put in voice technologies very early on. Um, mm. And, uh, and the results have been fantastic I mean just patient engagement improvement um, like you wouldn't believe and so like the there's a move and I know Mayo Clinic is investing heavily in voice and so like it's it's definitely an important topic area for us and uh, I would say that you know um, it's probably twenty percent twenty to thirty percent of the of like conference topics tend to be around voice or something related wellness
0: hmm. is is um I just watched my daughter, who's, again, 10 years old and so quick at adapting to all of this because I bring all the stuff in the house. Right. And and she's learned the syntax that is necessary to make things happen. Right. Um, Is that going to change over time as the libraries get better? Um, and is everything really listening to us all the time? I mean, should we be scared? (laughs) (laughs) Well,
1: I can almost guarantee you, you have several apps on your smartphone that's sitting right there that are listening to you all the time. Right, right, Um, right. So that's not something new. I think that, you know, now that, now the, the notion of a smart speaker, yeah, the idea is the smart speaker can recognize the wake word and then wake up. But, you know, there are a lot of studies out there that, you know, the, the smart speakers are getting triggered, um. I think on average, like anywhere between like ten and 9, ten and twenty times a day, um, by some sound, right? That's going to sound a little bit like Alexa. Someone might call someone right. named Alex. I was just they, waiting you know, for
0: you to trigger. Right. My- <laughs> right.
1: right. Well, I, yeah. I have all mine turned off right now. So yeah, yeah. But but you know yeah the wake the wake word issue is an issue because then they do record and you can go into your um, app for whatever device you have and look at all your recordings and you can clear them out. You can see you know what what was recorded, but you know, yeah, I mean, here's the thing. I, I would say we're in the post privacy era. Um, uh, I'm a regular guest oh, like here on the, on the, on the local news channel. Privacy comes up a lot. So we go on and talk about issues when they come up, if there's a big hacker, um, you know, whatnot. Uh, the, the last one was TikTok. Um, but I say we're in this post privacy era. Most of us just, we kind of just, we accept the terms without reading them. We, We know that our information is out there. Um, My wife and I, maybe once a year, we get a new debit card or credit cards mailed to us. We didn't know that our, we never even knew that our other card had been compromised. Right. Right. Right, Like our information is out there. Our our social security number is supposed to be the most, you know, uh, sacred thing out there. But we already know, we've heard from several people, uh, you know, with letters in the mail that our information has been compromised and to change our passwords, you know, so... I think we're we're kind of we are used to we're very used to this we're getting used to this post privacy era and you know with all the news about TikTok recently nobody really stopped using TikTok in fact their user numbers are probably going up um and so on by a uh, you know it's owned by a Chinese company um that's has that's beholden by the Chinese government
0: yeah, uh, yeah you know
1: and the Chinese government just passed these new laws that said we can gather all your data at any given time and that means all the user data so. It's, but people don't really seem to care. I mean, they sort of feel like we're in this different era, and I think that that's, you know, I, I don't actually don't judge it good or bad. I just think it's kind of the reality of kind of where we are. Like we've got other things, you know, that's not our big worry. Whereas, you know, before the internet came along, having your information get compromised would be a would have been a really big deal, right? But now it's sort of like, yeah, our information's out there. (laughs) You know, right? It's no big. It's 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 kind of like next. Um, So, yeah, I mean, yeah, they're listening, uh, but that's what they're designed for, and people don't really care.
0: So will voice then help us get to that personalization that everyone is craving and almost assuming and demanding, um, you know, from that? Because, again, I think of the syntax issue, and there was a long – a few years ago when it came to the user guide for TV, there was a lot of talk about the search – the search, I say gnome, but the search, you know, the search engine
1: yeah. and
0: and having it be more um, semantic so that it was more like and sentiment oriented. So it was more like you could just say, I'm in the mood for a romantic comedy, but I don't want the girl to get the guy at the end. You know, I want her right. to be independent. And you could use all those words instead right. of just romantic comedy, girl meets guy, rom com, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. that kind of thing. So well, think, do you, are we moving there? I mean, Yes.
1: Yes, yes, yes. We're moving there. And I think that um, all search is a huge area of opportunity in this space. Um, uh, there's a, you know, there there are a lot of companies that are in that space that are doing quite well. Um, but uh, Yext being one of them, uh, they were an early sponsor for, for us, um, full disclosure. But, uh, but that's a category um, that is um, key for people. But also just, you, you mentioned um, personalization. So being able to customize the wake word uh, to our something we want. Um, also, understanding us as individuals, knowing who's speaking. And, and so once our smart assistant knows it's me, they know that uh, maybe maybe they would even speak back to me in a different voice than they would my wife or my children, right? So right. right. I love all that. that yeah. All that level of customization is coming. Right. Um, and we'll look back on the days when there was just a very linear one voice Uh, and, uh, you know, that we'll, we'll think it's kind of funny when we look back on it a little bit like a black and white TV or, you know, or the old TVs, um, when you look at them, uh, you know, weighed, weighed, weighed a lot of, a lot of pounds and, um, and had a bad picture. That's all, that's all going to happen. We, you know, it's going to be customizable and, um, yeah, and more conversation based. So like you said, like I want a romantic comedy that, you know, they, they, I love that idea that the girl doesn't get the guy in the end um, or the guy doesn't get the girl. Uh, you know, I just think that that's no, cool. That
0: was, then, that's and, why I love uh, Brave, Brave, the the Disney animation so much. Cause I love when my daughter watches a show where, she doesn't have to get married to be strong. Right. You know right, what I mean? Right. right. And so I'm always trying to find shows like that for her. And God, would I love, like I'm still in a situation at home, especially now during this period of time where I sit down with her and I don't know what we can watch together.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You no. know. So if yeah. I could
0: use voice to say 10 year old middle-aged broad. Right what can we watch?
1: (laughs) Yeah. And (laughs) I think what's interesting is the conversation is going to get better. So the conversation back to you might be, well, does she, is she okay with things that are a little bit scary or should I stay away from scary? And then, you know, uh, the the smart assistant will come back and say, you know, here's a couple ideas. You might like this one. Like, instead of like, you know, here's a list of some things I found, you know, it's, it's like, you know, maybe try this one here. Why don't you watch the trailer? You know, like, you know, it's it's like, (laughs) it's going to, it's, it's pretty exciting. So, Yes, it's going to get really, really good. It's just going to get better and better, and um, that's where you know that's that's what we do. We like to innovate. We're just going to continue to we're going to continue to innovate in the space.
0: I, I just have one more question about this because it is kind of fascinating, and I've seen some studies about this when it comes to robotics. But um, does 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 the voice need to sound? human act human you know does it need to be personified um there's a lot of studies about don't make your robots look too human because your brain will keep thinking something's wrong so do something to make the robot not look human human enough but not too human so i won't keep saying oh they don't look human so with how these these uh voice assistants talk to us are we going for human sounding or are we trying to keep to and they're not human
1: yeah no, it's interesting i mean you know that it's been you know the the whole deep fake issue with videos is is very real And and the same can be said for audio i'm a big fan of real human voice um interaction in ai assistance and i think that's really important i think that um so synthesized voices are going to be with us. They're here to stay. Um, but I think that there's a lot you can do really interesting with, you know, with real human voice as well. Um, but um, I, you know, I, I think that it is important if if a, if a voice is synthetic to have some kind of synthetic markers. And I think that that's, I do think that's important. Um, and, and that's done right now purposely. So you can tell, uh, you know, you can tell when an assistant is a 100% digital uh, synthesize. because right,
0: our, our brains want that, right? Yeah. We want, we want, we don't want open the door, Hal. You know?
1: Right, <laughs> Any right, of that. Right.
0: I can't do that, Dave. You know? <laughs> right, right,
1: right, right. But I also, but I also like the way that, you know, celebrities are being pulled in to, you know, to our, to our system. Right. right, right.
0: That's, yeah. Um,
1: and, you know, it may be that, you know, uh, kid actors, you know, start to get involved and in, they probably already are um, and doing, you know, different things so. I think that there is, you know, in this space there is a um, there is a mix of the human voice and AI. Um, one of our speakers at the last uh, conference um, is a gentleman named Harry Yef. He's he goes by the stage name of, of Reaps One Hundred. <sighs> he is he is the world's top beatboxer. boxer, um, and he. He, he, he one did a really cool beatbox to our uh sonic brand, our sonic identity, which was really cool. But he gave a really cool talk about the intersection of the human voice and AI. And we, you know, that's where we are right now. Um, and I think the thing to remember is that you know, we human beings will not be replaced. Um, and it's because we have very unique attributes that are, you know, our intellect, our intuition our emotion, that's, this is not something that computers can, can, um, uh, can copy. However, what they can do is they can recognize it in us and then respond accordingly. So Hmm. um, assistants that have some uh, awareness of our emotional intelligence built in can actually relate to us a little bit better and actually maybe ease some of that, what you're talking about so that the um, so that, you know, we we actually have a better experience, but we know it's we know it's a virtual assistant, but it may be reacting to us um, based on our current emotional state.
0: And so, are you, Pete? You have an, a lovely family, um, and um, where where are you based again?
1: I'm in Arlington, Virginia, very close to Washington, D.C.
0: Oh, okay. I don't know what to say about that, but. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, no, listen, it's, 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 yeah, it's, yeah, it is. Well, that is that's what a whole is.
0: other show, but yes, um, what what's your house like? Is your house all tricked out? I mean, <laughs> do you have like a really we, cool.
1: We look, my, we have to, we have to, you know, dad's in the tech space. Right. So right. Yeah, my kids, you know, um, yeah, we have our assistants around the home. Um, our Sonos, uh, sound system, we can talk to Alexa and tell it what to do. So our kids are very used to the idea of voice and voice technology. Um, and uh you know um we got some smart uh lights and things like that as part of the home as well and of course we got the ring doorbell and that's another voice activated uh and voice interface uh device but i think we're not like a lot of people a lot of people are adopting these technologies to you know help improve our lives in many ways um and uh but you know there's no replacing the good old human being and uh I'm a I'm a huge fan of connecting. Of humans,
0: I, yeah. You know, I'm.
1: It's funny. I'm I'm in this space. People say, oh, you, you know, you're a techie, and um, I get invited on the news, and they call me a tech expert. But really, what I am is I'm a, I'm a human human expert. I, I like to connect human beings. And the thing to remember in all these technologies is, at the end of the day, we're connecting people and people people with information and services and all that stuff. So um, we try to you know. My philosophy on—I love technology. I love t- new technology. I've got a—I've got a uh, pair of AR VR glasses that I got to check out here uh, that just came, but um, but I think at the end of the day, you know, it's really important that we maintain our humanity. We connect as people. We maintain uh, boundaries when it comes to privacy and um, you know all, uh, all that stuff. So. Uh, yes, my house is tricked out, but uh, but I like to think of it as a very human house as well.
0: Of course. Well, um, tell us um, just your plans for what shows you're going to attend virtually for the rest of the year, and then we'll we'll just do another round on what we can be looking out from Motive and Voice. But um, what what do you plan to definitely jump into in whatever format the show is offered?
1: So, um, well, I'll talk about the things I'm organizing. So. We have, um, our next, well, we're doing a few more episodes of voice talks. Um, and then we're also involved. MoDev is involved in a, a large, um, let me see. How do I put this, um, a major project, uh, with one of our clients that we'll be announcing soon, but it's a major keynote project for them. Uh, that we are going to, we are going to be producing and that's really exciting. And that would not have happened, um, had, what, is it, you know, what is it
0: what is it the project rhyme with?
1: <laughs> uh, well, let me tell you what the the project doesn't have a name yet, but it's going to be oh. in September and it's a major keynote. So think of it as okay. uh, you know, and it is with you know one of the top top 5 technology companies in the world. So Exciting. this is a, it's a couple hour event um and we are going to be producing that. We're very very excited about that. We'll be able to talk more about that, you know, as uh, as time comes out. we can reveal it, but but that is uh, that's on our that's on our um schedule this this fall, a couple more, um, well, we have four more voice talks episodes, and then we're going to start, um, we're going to in the U S and then we've got three in India and then we've got our voice summit. So right now, you know, we're just putting the finishing touches on what that schedule is going to be like. And then we're going to roll that out. Um, major sponsor there is, uh, our, our, uh, Amazon Alexa and Google assistant. Um, so a lot of really good content and that's a global audience as well. So we're going to be doing, uh, that in October. End of october we're doing our spinnaker summit and again that's a that's a project that conference is sponsored by netflix um, and we've worked with them for a few years on building out that community uh, that's an open source community around software delivery so very kind of like um, very smart uh, very smart crowd when it comes to um, software at scale so we're, we're excited about that event as well and we're putting the touches on what that experience is going to be like so that's where we're spending a lot of our time right now is just really like, how do we create the right experience, deliver content in a way that people can consume. Uh, and then I think, you know, I'm going to try to as much as possible, dial it way back in December, um, for myself personally, it's been quite a year. Um, I think Christmas this year, uh, is, or whatever you celebrate, we celebrate Christmas, my house. Um, we're going to, you know, we're probably going to you know, I think the kids are, you know, we're all going to probably be home and we're just going to do our best to make it good. But, but it's been a real push this year. I, I also want to just tip my hat to you, anybody else in the community building an event space. I know what you've gone through this year. Uh, we're Ugh. going through it as well. And um, yeah, very easy to work 12, 15 hour days um, as we, you know, work hard to overcome the challenges. So uh, my thoughts are with everybody out there. And I hope, I really hope people can get a little bit of a break at some point this year. But I know that we're going to have such a push this year that I'm going to hopefully dial it back a little bit and get ready for a, a really busy 2021.
0: Yeah, I mean, you make you make it sound really exciting. And it is an amazing – it's been an amazing four months in terms of the education that I've had on learning all these platforms and how quickly we just all jumped on them. I just It just blows me away. I just wanted to address one thing before we wrap, and you mentioned global. Um, because we are in this world now where is there anything left of national? Like is everything global, and how do you set things up that way? Do you, are you thinking globally all the time with anything you do?
1: When we started the Voice um, Summit event, we were we were surprised, to be honest, that we had people come from like thirty one countries in twenty eighteen. We didn't, we, so we knew that there was a there was a hunger for this technology on a global scale. That that went over. We we had you know we doubled that number, I think, or even tripled it at, the, at last year's event. At Voice Global, there were one hundred and ten countries represented. So, yes, now we think about anything that we do on a global scale. So both conferences that we're doing this in, in October are global conferences. We'll have programming in Europe, Asia, and the U.S. time zones. Um, and I think, I think it is an opportunity to connect with folks from around the world. Um, and then when you come back to live events, if you want to do a North America event, great. If you want to do a European event, great. Or Asia, you can move around then. Um, and I think for anybody in live events that did global events before, you're going to have to do satellite events. I think that, that the reality for at least a couple of years is people are not going to be traveling the way that uh, they've traveled. We
0: used to. Past. We used to, yes. right. But, we're, but to your point, the, the good news about all of this is that we are going to want to be around each other when we're allowed to. And I can't that there's wait. just. Yeah, yeah. we have another year. I know I, I keep saying, okay, I have a year to lose about 10 pounds, uh, <laughs> you know, and uh, all that, that madness. Right. All right, so one, one more time on following all your great events. So the Voice Summit is when?
1: Voice Summit is October 5th through 8th, but uh, expect that event to expand a little bit from a time standpoint. But that'll be like, there'll be some core content that and some core activities that happen that week. October 5th through 8th. Spinnaker Summit is uh, October 26th through 29th. Uh, and um, and then Voice Talks, you can find at at voicetalks.ai. The next episode is July 30th. And then we launch in India on August 20th.
0: And then also, Pete, are you um, a blogger, a, tw- a tweeter person, LinkedIn? Like where can we follow <laughs> um,
1: You know, what you're up to? Definitely look for us. Um, I am Pete Erickson. Uh, so the, my handle is Pete Erickson, P-E-T-E-E-R-I-C-K-S-O-N on Twitter. Um, same on LinkedIn, same on uh, Facebook. And uh, Voice Summit AI is our handle for all of our Voice Summit. So um, all of our voice stuff, you can find us on Twitter, uh, LinkedIn, uh, Facebook, Instagram. So love to connect. Connect with me and, and uh, look forward to having a chat.
0: I I love this conversation. I love talking to Pete Erickson, um, founder of Motive, founder of the Voice Summit, and a number of other great great events as well really dropping insights on on events um and uh making me feel better about how tired i am <laughs> but right. but also some really good insights about uh where voice tech is going so definitely reach out to pete um it's such an expanding and exciting world and check out the voice summit thank you so much pete um absolutely wonderful to hear from you and get to talk to you
1: more i've enjoyed the conversation thank you so much for having me
0: all right, everybody, and we'll be back in a couple of weeks with the next Tech Cat show. Thank you all to Voice America and to our friends and family out there. Everyone, be safe, wear a mask, and we'll be together soon if we if we all can behave. Uh, right? right? Wear your mask. <laughs> all right, everybody, take care of you, take care of yourselves and each other. Bye, everybody.